Welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Tonight, from 6 to 8 p.m. at Hamlin Pub in Shelby Township, you can come out and join me, the Detroit Today team, and other WDET listeners for smart conversation about politics, policy, news, and issues that matter the most to you. We will be there from 6 to 8 p.m. We're going to talk about transportation and infrastructure. We're going to talk about education and this year's race for governor. For more info, go to WDET.org. Come out, have a couple drinks, and have a good conversation about the things we talk about here on Detroit Today. Up first, tomorrow is April 20th, but it is better known as 420 for those who like to partake in, let's just say, activities that we can't really condone here on air on public radio. But how close are we in Michigan to legalizing marijuana use? Maybe closer than you know or than you think. The Coalition to Regulate Marijuana Like Alcohol has turned in petition signatures to put the question on the November ballot. Its 365,000 signatures are well above the 252,000 that were needed to get on the ballot, but we're still waiting to see whether the Michigan Bureau of Elections will certify that enough of those signatures are valid. Meanwhile, Republican legislators may be about to preempt the ballot initiative by passing a legalization measure itself or by offering an alternative for voters to decide in November. Has this question of legalization become an inevitability at this point? Is it time for Michigan to stop penalizing people for using marijuana recreationally? And is it wise to regulate cannabis the same way we regulate alcohol in this state. That is where we want to begin the conversation this morning with the question of legalization. And as always, we want to hear from you. What do you think the state of Michigan ought to do about laws that prohibit recreational use of marijuana? Of course, we have had medical use of marijuana for several years in the state. We've seen that unfold in some fits and starts with regulation, with efforts by the legislature and the attorney general to kind of push that back? Should we just move out of the way, move government out of the way and make marijuana use legal? As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we will work you into the conversation. And joining us now to talk more about this issue is Matt Abel. He's a Detroit area marijuana advocate and an attorney for an attorney and executive director of the Michigan chapter of Normal. Uh, Matt, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning, Stephen. Thanks yeah. for having me. It's great to see you. Uh, also with us is Jake Jake Neer. He is a producer of Detroit Today. He has covered marijuana issues in Michigan for a number of years, including as a state capital reporter for the Michigan Public Radio Network. Jake, welcome to the studio. Great to be here, Stephen. Matt, I want to start with you. What would this ballot proposal do? Stephen, it would legalize marijuana for adults 21 and over. It would allow any individual to grow up to 12 plants with a maximum of 12 plants per household. It would allow any individual to possess up to two and a half ounces of marijuana or its equivalent. And it would license adult use recreational facilities much like the state is just now beginning to license medical marijuana facilities. Yeah. Um, 
why do you think we're at a point where this is something that should happen in Michigan? Well, I've been at this point for I was gonna years. Say, uh, you're, you're, so, um, maybe we're just catching up to you. But. Right. It's nice that the rest of the world is uh, is seeing it my way. And uh, so you know, Michigan Normal has polled the population um, annually for about five years. And when we started the poll, we were down in the high 40% range. And now we're up to 61% of the people who believe that marijuana should be legalized for adult use in Michigan. And so... Um, you know, I think it is inevitable. It's it's not a question of of if, but when. Yeah, uh, you know, the the pushback I hear frequently uh, from people who are either unsure or just flat out against this. Uh, talk about the differences between marijuana use and alcohol use, and and not in terms of. Uh, addiction or or uh, or I guess misbehavior, but but in terms of uh, detection. Okay, so uh, I, it's against the law for me to go drink a six pack of beer and get behind the wheel and drive around. Right. And if the kept if the police catch me doing that, they will give me a test that that determines how much I drank and whether I'm over that the the legal limit. We don't really have a way to do that. For for, for marijuana, and that raises questions not only in the context of driving, but uh, operating heavy machinery or these other things. And and I hear people say, you know, shouldn't we first figure out what the regulatory environment will look like for cannabis or marijuana before we, we, we legalize it? Why, why is that not a legitimate reason to, to hold back on this? Well, first of all, um People, I always say, anyone who wants to use cannabis already is. So it's here in our society regardless. And secondly, uh, there are research projects that are working to develop a, a flat nanogram per milliliter of blood limit um, to determine you know, beyond which someone should not be allowed to drive. But in this day and age, first of all, we have cameras, we have body cams, and uh, field sobriety tests, so mm-hmm. uh, a jury can determine if someone is incapacitated or not. But the other thing is, cannabis is much different from alcohol, and in the way that people react to it, where uh, someone who um, is an experienced user who uh, lays off for several weeks and then takes one hit could be quite high and too high to drive. Whereas if that same person was smoking four or five times a day, every day, they're not going to have the peaks that will cause them to be mm. so high. So um, the, uh, and someone who's a, a new user could just take, you know, the first time they get high, one or two hits could be at a very low level, but super high, if right. you will. Whereas someone who's an experienced user could be at a very high nanogram level, but sober as a judge. But that complexity, doesn't it argue for us to, to try to figure out how to determine what the standards should be, what the protocols should look like? Uh, I mean, exactly what you're saying sort of suggests to me that we're not in a space yet where we can have that conversation and come up with definitive answers. Well, first of all, People have been um, in there. Were, there were recent studies about how many people are going to work high in mm-hmm. Colorado, mm-hmm. and the number is is fairly uh, fairly high. And um, also about how many people are driving and smoking and driving, and that number was much higher than people expected, and it's surprisingly so. 
but we don't have a, a corresponding increase in traffic collisions, fatalities, um, those types of things. And so uh, people have been driving high for a long time. Why can't we have some kind of a field sobriety test that's built into the vehicle that if you can't repeat the number pattern or something like that, some kind of a dexterity challenge, that the vehicle won't start? Um, and we're going to have self-driving cars here within a few years. So I, I <laughs> so think it's matter. really going to be not, not an issue. Yeah. Uh, Jake Neer, producer here at Detroit Today, talk about this idea of Republicans in the legislature getting in the way of this ballot petition. What does uh, what does that look like? Well, it, you know, getting in the way is sort of interesting because it might actually involve this sort of weird idea of a bunch of Republicans voting to free the weed, actually. <laughs> uh, so the idea is if if these signatures are certified, the legislature actually has a couple of different options. The first one would be to just ignore it, allow it to go to the ballot, allow the voters to decide the issue. Um, they could pass their own measure on the same issue that would essentially compete with this on the ballot. Uh, and one of the ideas is that um, a lot of lawmakers who sort of see an economic opportunity for themselves or the people that they are <laughs> close with, let's say, um, a cynical person might say, for good reason, um, you know, could offer one that maybe is a little sweeter deal for them or... Um, they, the last option is they could do what a lot of people are talking about in Lansing right now, which is they could just pass this this initiative as is, and it wouldn't meet it wouldn't make the ballot. And the reason that they would do that, even if they're not uh, really enthusiastic about the idea <laughs> of legalizing marijuana, mm -hmm. is that the idea is so that something like this could drive Democratic leaning voters to the polls in November. That this could be something that brings voters in that are more likely to vote for Democratic candidates. Republicans certainly don't want a big turnout election. There's already likely a wave of a, a Democratic wave in 2018. So this would be a way to stave that off. I'm not so sure how serious uh, the talks are in Lansing about that right now. It's been sort of all over the place. It depends on who you talk to. I think Republican strategists are absolutely thinking about that right now. But whether or not Republican lawmakers will actually, like I said, do do this thing where they they actually vote to legalize marijuana. Um, it's yet to be seen at this point. Yeah, uh, one of the other dimensions of this conversation, of course, is what would happen to the state's coffers mm -hmm. if we legalized marijuana and taxed it the way uh, other products are taxed. What role is that playing in the Republican conversation mm. about that? I would imagine. Of course, they're enthusiastic about the money, <laughs> sure. even though they may be against uh, the thing that they might be legalizing. Well, of course, we have a lot of funding issues here in Michigan. Uh, some are self-made, and, and that has a lot of people talking about what could this mean for things like roads, about schools, that sort of thing. Um, and I love uh, and when spring rolls around and uh, the you know there are probably more potholes on the roads than actual smooth pavement. I actually see a story that I broke in 2013 about this proposal in the legislature called Pot for Potholes mm -hmm. uh, pop-up because uh, Republican uh, State Representative Mike Calton from Nashville, Michigan. He was it was in the thick of what are we going to do about roads and how are we going to fund them? And he said, guys, this is getting uh, really contentious. How about we just legalize marijuana and we'll put that money toward roads? We'll call it pot for potholes. Uh, it was a really popular idea for a lot of people, uh, not enough to actually get a com committee hearing. But that's why it's so attractive, I think, in many ways for many people is, look, we are underfunded on many issues here in the state. What it actually means for the state's coffers, I think we can only really look at other states that have already legalized that are sort of in similar, similar positions. Uh, Washington state 
collected about $319 million in legal marijuana income uh, through licensing fees uh, in fiscal year 2017. Uh, Washington has a population of about 7 million people. Michigan has 10 million people. Mm -hmm. So we might actually conceivably get a little bit more than that. Colorado, which has about half the population of Michigan, collected about $200 million a year so far on uh, on their legal marijuana system. Um, And that's a decent chunk of change. $400 million, maybe somewhere in that ballpark, if that's if that if that's a reasonable expectation, um, spent you can sure wisely. Patch the roads with it. Well, you could patch some roads with it. Although <laughs> I would say, um, like I said, you could that that money could go pretty far if it's spent wisely. Although with billions of dollars in uh, you know in 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 problems, basically in funding issues, uh, it would not be a silver bullet for road funding. It would not be a silver bullet for education in Michigan or anything like that. But it could make a difference. Um, and the other uh, question is, what does it mean for local police departments if they don't have to go after? Uh, you know, marijuana, if they don't have to worry about enforcing that, could those resources be spent in other ways? Um, and I think the answer there is probably yes. Um, our corrections budget in Michigan, it's $2 billion, uh, second largest department in state government. If legalization could make a dent in the prison population, that's one budget also that could conceivably shrink a little bit. Yeah. Uh, as always, no surprise that we've got lots of folks who want to weigh in on this issue. Maybe it's because tomorrow is 420 and people are (laughs) anticipating uh, more exuberant use of uh, marijuana than we see at other times. As always, the number on the phone is 313-577-1019 to join the conversation. Let's go to Stephen in Detroit. Stephen, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, thanks so much for taking my call. Mm -hmm. I personally, um, I have issues with drug use, so I'm, I'm not, I Politically and legally, I do support the legalization of marijuana, but its legalization troubles me. Having Uh said that, I do support it. However, I will not support it if there is not a concurrent move or effort to um, reduce or forgive the sentences of people who have been arrested, imprisoned uh, for drug possession and drug use. If that is not part of the deal then I can't support it Hmm. because all that means is a continuation of the status quo to an extent, except now wealthy white people will be able to access this, quote, new market. Um, So unless there's some move on the criminal justice and criminal justice or criminal punishment front, I'm not going to be able to get behind it. And I'd like to hear what your guests have to say about that. Stephen, great, uh, great point. Thanks very much for the call. And for injecting that into the conversation here, uh, Matt, I'll start. Or I'll start with you. Uh, how closely does the push to legalize marijuana work with the sort of criminal justice reform that a lot of people want to see happen, especially in minority communities? You think of the people who are in jail uh, for drug use, in particular, uh, uh, in in some cases, very small quantities of, of distribution. It falls pretty heavily on African-Americans, on Latinos. Uh, is normal sort of lockstep with the people who want to reform that uh, as well as legalizing pot smoking? Well, the caller's point is well taken. This is a racially discriminatory policy, absolutely. However, unfortunately, the Committee to Regulate Marijuana Like Alcohol program uh, proposal does not include expungement. It was a topic of discussion, and the only reason it was not included was our fear that it would um, not comply with the single subject 
uh, rule that requires only one subject be part of a ballot proposal. So what we do need to do is stop the bleeding, and then we need to encourage the legislature to go back and fix this and uh, remove the convictions of anyone for something that was not or that will not be illegal. Mm -hmm. And that's happened in other states where they've gone back and, and done the fix And tried to, to do that right. fix after, after legalization. Absolutely. Uh, again, thanks very much for uh, your call, Stephen, in Detroit. Let's go to Sue in Farmington Hills. Sue, welcome to Detroit today. Hi. Hey, how are you? Good. Thanks for having uh, this conversation. Sure. I am totally with legalizing it. Um, I'm totally with, like, fixing anybody that's already there. I think that there should be some regulations on it, though. Studies indicate that if a person or a family has a family history of schizophrenia, pot can activate that gene. So there should be some conversation or at least education with people about that particular risk. Also, I think that it should have an age of a higher age than 21 because hmm. young people's brains are developing, especially males up to age 25-ish. Mm -hmm. um, and pot can have a, an effect on a person's cognitive development. Yeah. Um, that's another thing studies have shown. So if there's like some age restrictions on that and um, some education, yeah, totally. And, you know, that's a much better, yeah. you know, legalizing it and pulling those resources uh why waste cop time on, right. on, on pot? You right. know? Sue, Sue, I really appreciate your listening and, and the phone call. Uh, go ahead, Matt Abel, uh, address, address those concerns. And I think that does get to what uh, I started out the conversation with, which is this, the environment in which we might do this. There's a regulatory question. There's also health questions, mental health questions and other things that, uh, that I'm not sure we've matured the conversation enough to talk about uh, legalization. Tell me why you think we have. Well, Sue's absolutely right. There is a small percentage of people who uh, should not use cannabis, that it's contraindicated for them, that it uh, makes them more depressed perhaps, or um, I'm not a psychiatrist, but there are some people who it it's not beneficial for. Um, but that's not most of the population. That's a very, very small percentage. And so um, we shouldn't you know, we need to educate people. We need to learn uh, which terpenes, if you will, essential oils cause different effects, um, what all the different cannabinoids do. They have cannabinoids that don't even have names yet. They only have numbers. And so there's a lot more research to be done, absolutely, in that um, area. And the um, point is well taken. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that we should penalize everybody else. Further, as far as the age issue, um, it may well be that people's brains still are developing, but there's a constitutional issue with um, allowing some adults to possess this and not others. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you? What about the age? Uh, do you think there should be uh, a legal limit like alcohol, 21, maybe 18, maybe 25, as well, you suggest? The age limit in the legalization proposal is 21. And um, for better or worse, that's the way, uh, the, way the drafting committee came up with yeah. it. Okay, let's uh, take one more call here. Sean in Detroit. Welcome to Detroit today. How you doing? Good morning. Good. Uh, my concerns are multiple on this issue. Some of the the larger concerns I have is the the overall justice when you have um, poor people that have been um, using and growing and selling cannabis 
for small amounts of money that are in jail, while all of a sudden now we have large corporations that are jumping in on the business, mm-hmm. taking over mass production of cannabis in Michigan. You know, I don't know if we're aware of the the new commercial grow laws that is available here in Michigan, where you can grow up to 1,500 plants in one location, and you can apply for multiple licenses to allow you to stack those licenses up. So what you've got here is multi-billion dollar corporations taking over the entire industry while other people sit in jail yeah. for possession of an eighth yeah. or a blunt sitting in their car. Or no, whatever. I, 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 I absolutely agree with the, the point you're raising there, Sean, and, and it does, uh, again, raise this question of how we how we deal with this. Uh, going forward and and whether there are some injustices that might follow legalization, not just on the criminal justice front, but as Sean points out, on the economic front. What about small growers? Well, the legislature is the body which passed the Medical Marijuana Facilities Licensing Act. And right. by the way, this morning, the the board is meeting again today. They have yet to issue any licenses, but that could happen today. And um, it does take a lot of money to get into this industry. Uh, the one uh, sop that the legislature threw to the caregivers is that the fee for a 500-plant license can't be more than $10,000. Now, that's in addition to the $6,000 application fee and the $5,000 fee to the city. Uh, but um, for $21,000, someone could presumably have... Um, a 500 plant grow on an annual basis. Mm-hmm. And uh, the larger licenses do cost more, and there is going to be a huge investment in equipment. But um, all of this material is going to have to be lab tested and, and batched and labeled. And so uh, there is uh, there are costs that go along with that. And it's unfortunate that it's not such a small person's game. Sure. but. Um, that's the way it goes. Now, in the legalization proposal, we added a, uh, first of all, the plant sizes are different. There are 100 plants, 500 plants, and 2,000 plants. But we've added something unique in the country, and that's a micro-grow license where someone could grow up to 150 plants and sell them at that property only, something like a micro-brew, if you will. Um, and so that's something that could help uh, a smaller yeah entrepreneur. Okay. Matt Abel, Detroit area marijuana advocate and attorney and executive director of the Michigan chapter of Normal. Jake Neer, producer with Detroit Today. Thank you both for being here to talk about this issue on Detroit Today. Thank you. Thank you, Stephen. Up next, we're going to hear the rest of Detroit Today senior producer Laura Weber Davis's conversation with a Syrian doctor from Duma who now lives in Michigan. He escaped the Assad regime. Also, don't forget, if you miss any of today's conversation, you can always go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts, download and subscribe to Detroit Today and listen when you are ready. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. 